Jonah chapter 2. Jonah chapter 2. We'll begin in verse 15 of chapter 1. So they took up Jonah and cast him forth into the sea, and the sea ceased from her raging. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly and offered a sacrifice unto the Lord and made vows. Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Then Jonah prayed unto the Lord his God out of the fish's belly. And said, I cried by reason of mine affliction unto the Lord, and he heard me out of the belly of hell, cried I, and thou heardest my voice. For thou hadst cast me into the deep in the midst of the seas, and the floods compassed me about, all thy billows and thy waves passed over me. Then I said, I am cast out of thy sight. Uh, yet I will look again toward thy holy temple. Uh, the waters uh, compassed me about, even to the soul. The depth closed me round about. The weeds were wrapped about my head. I went down to the bottoms of the mountains. The earth with her bars was about me forever. Yet hast thou brought up my life from uh, corruption, O Lord my God." Uh, when my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came in unto thee, into thine holy temple. They that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy. But I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that that I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. And the Lord spake unto the fish, and it vomited out Jonah upon the dry land. Uh, let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you uh, for your word uh, tonight. And Lord, I thank you that uh, your spirit is our teacher and here to teach us and guide us and help us, Heavenly Father, in your word. And I pray for the filling of your Holy Spirit as I uh, preach and teach uh, the lesson tonight. And uh, please guide me and help me. I thank you for the good services this morning and uh, the word that went forth, the Sunday school hour and the worship service. And thank you for those that are here with us online. And and, uh, and thank you for that as well tonight and those that are here. And, and Father, we're just, we're just uh, so thankful for that. And, and uh, uh, Lord, you called Jonah to go to Nineveh and he disobeyed. And, and uh, we read uh, the results of that. We continue to study and look into this, and I pray you just guide us and uh, help us to learn and grow in faith toward thee, uh, to be faithful to you as you will enable us to be if we will call upon your name for that, and Lord, uh, uh, and thereby to glorify you, finding the strength in you to, 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 to be faithful, uh, we would bring glory, uh, Lord, to your name. Uh, Father, be with those in the nursery tonight, too, filled with thy spirit there, and and Lord, I thank you for, uh, for your good hand of blessing upon us. And just pray once again tonight that you would bless, bless the services. Father, we pray. We ask these things in Jesus' name and for his glory. Amen. 
Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> I have to say, it's, a very interest, it's, it's been a very interesting study through Jonah. And uh, uh, the more you dig into the Word of God and the more you study, you realize, I appreciate what Brother Brian said at one time, is, is as he began teaching and stuff, he was talking about studying. He said, I've come to the point where I, where I, re I believe there are, there are no such thing as Bible scholars. There are only Bible students. And uh, I'm 100% in agreement with that. Uh, we are learning and growing. And, uh, and I tell you, there's just, uh, it's, an, it's an inexhaustible book, okay? And uh, we'll be learning it and applying it and, uh, and growing uh, the rest of our, of our lives. And... Uh, uh, reading the book of Jonah and studying it has uh, answered some questions. I've seen some things I've not seen and, and, uh, and realized there's some more studying I need to do. And, uh, and, I, and I look forward to that. Uh, but I do look forward to, uh, to sharing uh, what we have for tonight and, uh, and looking into this, uh, this uh, storm that has come upon Jonah and being swallowed by, by this whale. Uh, we, uh, we, uh, we are, of course, as we began studying this, we're not in doubt that it's a literal account. Uh, the, uh, the Bible allows nothing else for a Bible believer. It's presented as an historical account. Uh, Jonah is a historical figure. It's not a made-up story. Uh, we believe it, uh, you know, and, uh, and uh, we believe it because the Bible says it. Jesus said, as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the whale, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. So if Jonah wasn't actually three days and three nights in the belly of the whale, then, then Jesus wasn't three days three, and three nights in the heart of the earth or in the grave. Or, and he, he, wasn't, he didn't die for three days and rise again. So you can't have it both ways. And uh, our salvation, by the way, is dependent upon what? His death, burial, and resurrection. And so uh, uh, Jesus uh, spoke of it as an historical event. So if you believe him, you'll have to believe this book. And, uh, and, uh, and we certainly, certainly do. Uh, and uh, we're, 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 we want to believe in him because what is the one thing that delivers the sinner uh, from hell? Belief. It is faith in Jesus Christ. And uh, in what he says about salvation, if we can believe what he says about salvation, we can believe what he says about everything else. Amen. And uh, and indeed, indeed, we should. Well, there's a lot of questions that might come up. Uh, there's a, there are differences of opinion. Did Jonah die when he went overboard? And it was did he die and was he raised uh, back to life? And by the way, there are good uh, people on both sides of the issue. And uh, I'm, uh, as Brother Chris uh, states, I'm not going to be angry with somebody that has a different opinion than my, than me, or something. You know, that looks at it, looks at it. I'm not going to be angry about that. Uh, there are good people on both sides of that. But the, it does raise some interesting questions as we look at it. Uh, a few questions we might think of: Did Jonah, did Jonah die uh, and get raised from the dead? Uh, was he kept alive three days in the well? In, in the whale? Was that another way? Uh, if Jonah died, how did he die? Uh, uh, when did Jonah pray? What did Jonah pray uh, in, that, in the whale? And so we'll look at some of this and, uh, and uh, see what, uh, what, we, what we can uh, glean from this uh, tonight. Uh, now, as we think about this, this passage here in Jonah, um, all of this information is complicated by the obvious fact that Jonah is writing this under inspiration of the Holy Spirit after the event has happened. 
He now has a post-event view of all that has happened and is writing under the inspiration of the Spirit. He is looking back on it all. Uh, he is not. He doesn't have. A, he doesn't pull his pet pad out, his waterproof pad, when he was thrown in there, and, and taking notes as he went as he went along the site, and, 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 and hit the water and in the whale. He wasn't taking notes as it went along. Okay, it's all happened. Uh, he's gathered all the information about that, and, and now he's writing under the inspiration of the Spirit and under uh, under God's guidance. He's writing with a Holy Spirit inspired overview and remembrance of the event in a whole. So uh, uh, that also will make it a little more hard to be perhaps so dogmatic as we might as we might as we might want to be in that. And I think we'll see that as we go along. Uh, Jonah two one. Then Jonah prayed unto the Lord his God out of the fish's belly. Now some have taken that word then, uh, and they have uh, said that uh, that it relates to uh, to uh, let's see. Uh, back to verse 17, uh, Jonah 1, 17. Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Then Jonah prayed, and they would say, well, so, it was, so he was in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights, and then he prayed from the belly of the fish this. And that's what they, that's what they would say. So, so they would say, so no, he, he wasn't dead because he prayed. Uh, We'll look into that. That's another interesting thought. Uh, don't know you can come to that conclusion either. Uh, but uh, but uh, he, uh, they would relate to then, saying, well, he was in there, th- then he was in there three days and, uh, uh, and then prayed. But uh, as we think about that, uh, that uh, I'm, I'm not sure we can be so dogmatic on that meeting there. The then is, comes uh, from the interpretation. The, end, the then isn't there. This, it's just the Jonah there. And... Uh, and uh, the, the verb prayed there is a reflexive verb in the Hebrew. It has the idea of Jonah, Jonah you know, prayed for himself, which is kind of an understood meaning. Uh, but uh, I think what the then is saying there uh, is uh, it seems to me that there are being, that, that those who would want to say, well, that, that means specifically that the three days went by and then Jonah prayed. I think they're being more specific than the words and the context allows. In Jonah 1.17, remember Jonah looking with a divine overview, writing under divine inspiration. In Jonah 1.17, we are given a divine overview of the lodging, so to speak, that God had prepared for Jonah. And what is that lodging? Well, Jonah 1.17, Jonah was in the belly of the fish. I'm sorry, Jonah, yeah, the first part of the verse. Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah. See, Jonah's already written a narrative that he was thrown overboard. But now he goes back. It's a divine overview. Now the Lord had, what, what, something had been done earlier. Jonah, God has prepared to stay for Jonah. And uh, under divine inspiration, Jonah is tell us, telling us about that. Now the Lord had already done, had prepared a fish to swallow up Jonah. And of course, Jonah's writing in the third person. You know, we see the, the, the writers of the Bible do that. John did that in the Spirit of the Holy Spirit and others. So, uh, so he prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah. So uh, we know the, the place that God prepared for Jonah to stay. God had already made the reservation, okay? It was already done. Uh, and, uh, and, uh, and now in the last part of Jonah, uh, verse, uh, verse 17 of chapter 1, we find out the length of the reservation. Uh, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. 
Jonah has given us an overview. God had prepared a fish, a fish uh, to, to swallow up Jonah. This fish swallowed up Jonah. And, and by the way, how long was Jonah in the fish? Three days. He was in the fish uh, uh, three days, three nights, whatever what it says there. So, so uh, uh, three days and three nights. So he's in that fish. So, so, that, so what does the Bible say? Then Jonah prayed. Then, when he was in that fish, sometime during his stay, when that, that fish God had prepared, that three days and three nights, then while he was in there, Jonah prayed. One thing we know for sure from then Jonah prayed uh, uh, from uh, out of the fish's belly that was one thing that we're sure of that when Jonah was in the fish, he prayed. <laughs> okay? And we are sure of that. And, uh, and we can, we can uh, certainly uh, uh, co come to that. He, was, he prayed while he was in Motel Whale. Uh, he, he didn't make this call to the Lord uh, 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 the, before, before he checked in. He didn't perhaps make a call after he checked out. Uh, he, he prayed in, uh, in, in the belly of the fish. Now, <clears throat> we're, we, uh, we are told uh, that he prayed in the fish. Now, I would imagine he began praying before that. I'd imagine about that time that lot fell, him, fell on him on that boat. <laughs> And, uh, and I don't know if, the, if when the guys grabbed him after they couldn't get the boat rowed back to shore and all that, and they just realized that God wanted to throw him over, I don't know if they said, you know, heave ho, one, two, three. But, uh, but I can sure before they got to three, Jonah was praying, okay? I'm sure he'd been doing a lot of praying. And, uh, and, uh, and no doubt some of the praying that he did uh, was in the whale. And some of the praying that he did was likely outside the wheel. The Bible doesn't tell us this was, that, this was all the praying that, that, that Jonah was doing. Uh, so we need to, to, to think about that. The then is, is while Jonah, the emphasis is, that, is, is really where he prayed. Uh, that, then, that is, while Jonah was in Motel Whale, uh, he, he prayed. Uh, he did pray in the whale. Uh, a good lesson, it's never too late to pray. <laughs> uh, you might think, well, what's the sense now? You know, you, 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 he's probably been praying about not getting thrown overboard, maybe getting saved somehow. Well, now he's overboard and in the whale. What's, what's the use now? No, if you can still pray, <laughs> pray, amen. And, uh, and Jonah uh, certainly was uh, praying uh, in the whale. We think of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You know, they were what? Uh, they, Azariah, Mishael, and, and uh, what was the other one? Hanani. And uh, uh, they, they were thrown, what, into the fiery furnace. And... Uh, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So they and and they were what delivered through that. Jonah was delivered through the whale, wasn't he? So it's always a good time to good time to uh, to pray. And uh, matter of fact, maybe some of these later uh, prophets who went through these things were encouraged and strengthened by Jonah's prayer in the whale. Uh, maybe that was used to strengthen their faith. Well, Jonah was in the midst of his trial. You know, in, in the midst of very death itself when he prayed, I guess we can go ahead and pray in the midst of this. Amen. That might have been a, actually a strength of a uh, point of faith uh, for those who, 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 would, who read the account. One thing for sure, he prayed while, while, he, was, while he was in the fish. And uh, uh, in the fish, in the belly of the fish. Uh, has the idea of his inward parts, his digestive organs, his, uh, uh, and uh, in that idea, it's the fish is, is inside the fish. Verse 2, and I cried by reason of mine affliction unto the Lord. Or, he, or look, verse 2, and he, he, he prayed in the belly of the, he, uh, verse 1, he prayed unto the Lord, his God, out of the fish's belly. Verse 2, and said, 
I cried by reason of mine affliction unto the Lord, and he heard me. Out of the belly of hell cried I, and thou heardest my voice. So he cries out of the belly of hell. Now, he was in the belly of the fish. That's the Hebrew word, Hebrew word meah. And it has the idea of the, the fish's belly inside the fish. But he cried out of the belly of hell. That's a different word for belly. Uh, beten, beten, the accent on the first there, I guess. The womb, the body, the belly, the abdomen, uh, uh, the, the depth uh, and so he, he, he cries out of the belly of hell but the interesting word that he uses here is the word he uses for hell the word he uses for hell is sheol and uh, that's uh, the Old Testament uh, word uh, often translated uh, hell in your Bible uh, 31 times it is translated hell in the Old Testament 31 times it is translated grave. And three times it is translated pit. For a total of 65 times that word sheol uh, in, 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 the old, in the Old Testament. Same word David used. If I send up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. Now, as we think about this word hell, this word sheol, uh, though it's translated uh, grave 31 times, uh, hell 31 times, pit 3 times. When it's translated grave, it doesn't mean the actual tomb. Doesn't mean the marker. Doesn't mean the burial place that they're putting a hole. Though it's translated grave. And we'll, we'll do a brief study on that and we'll look at that. The usual Hebrew word for the physical grave is keber. And, uh, and that word is pronounced, is translated grave 35 times in our Old Testament. It's translated sepulcher 25 times and burying place six times. That's the usual word for the grave or the, the actual tomb. Sheol is not the, uh, doesn't mean the actual grave or the actual tomb. We'll see that. Uh, what is Sheol uh, in the Old Testament? Sheol was the abode of the dead. It's where the spirit and soul separated from the body went when the person died. And they would say grave, why? Because, because the grave was associated with death. But Sheol never means the grave uh, in the Old Testament. It never means the actual tomb. Uh, if we do a comparison on how Sheol and how, how, how Keber are used in the Old Testament, it'll show the difference of the, in the two words. How that Sheol doesn't mean the actual tomb or the actual, uh, 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 the actual grave. Some comparisons about it. Sheol is never used in plural form. Keber is used in the plural 29 times. Obviously, you have graves, sepulchers, shields always is never, is never plural. Uh, Sheol is said to be located on, Sheol is never said to be located on the face of the earth. Keber is mentioned 32 times as being located on the earth. An individual's Sheol is never mentioned. 
and individuals keber is mentioned five times remember we might be reading the same word grave in our old testament but behind those words those is either sheol or keber and we're seeing the difference uh Man is never said to put anyone into Sheol. Individuals are put into Keber by man 33 times. Man is never said to have dug or fashioned a Sheol. Uh, Keber, uh, with, with Keber, that six times. Man is never said to have touched Sheol. Man touches or can touch a Keber five times. It is never said that man is able to possess a sheol. Man is spoken of as being able to possess a keber seven times. And so we see differences distinct between the Hebrew sheol for grave and the Hebrew keber for grave. They both are translated grave, but they mean different things. They mean different things. Sheol is the abode of the dead. By the way, do we have a Sheol, do we find an, a, 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 a reference to Sheol in the, in the New Testament or in the Gospels, I should say? Yes, we do. Luke 16. Uh, the rich man died and opened up his eyes in where? Hell. And the Greek word there is Hades, which we would recognize it as Hades. And that is the abode of the dead. And that, that is a Greek equivalent Hades or Hades is the Greek equivalent to the Hebrew Sheol. See, it's the place, it's the abode of the dead. And in Luke 16, what do we find out in that study? We found out that there was what? A rich man there, wasn't there? He had died. Now, granted, he wasn't in hell because he is rich. He's in hell because he didn't believe in Jesus Christ. <laughs> he wasn't a believer when he died. He hadn't believed whatever revelations he had of the Messiah by that time. And there was also a beggar, and he was in a place of comfort. And they were, and they were, and they, they could, they were communi communicating. Um, by the way, was the rich man dead? Yeah. Was he praying? Yeah. Does Jonah have to be alive to be praying? Well, that make, that makes surprises a question, don't it? <laughs> If he died and he's in Sheol, could he not pray? The rich man did. He died. He was in Sheol. Just, just the, the suffering part of it. Uh, interesting to think. Uh, so Sheol, even though they're both, and, and Keber, even though they're both translated grave, a difference in the Old Testament. We'll look at something to illustrate that. Um, in uh, 1 Samuel uh, 28, uh, 19, <clears throat> 1 Samuel 28.19 we find a story Saul has uh, uh, Samuel has passed away and Saul is going to fight the Philistines and he wants a medium to talk to Samuel uh, from the dead we remember the story and in 1 Samuel uh, 31 or uh, <coughs> Yeah, I'm sorry. First Samuel 28, 19. What do we see? He goes to this medium. First Samuel 28, uh, 19. He says, uh, this medium calls up Samuel. And uh, 
And so Samuel is speaking to Saul. He's been called up. I'm trying to look where he first calls him up. <clears throat> oh, look at verse 13. Uh, Saul's talking to this medium. She is called, she sees, uh, as calling up Samuel, wants to talk to him from the dead. The king said unto her, Be not afraid, what sawest thou? The woman said unto Saul, I saw God descending out of the earth. And he said unto her, What, uh, what form is he of? And she said, An old man cometh up, and he is covered with a mantle. And Saul perceived that it was Samuel. And he stooped with his face to the ground and bowed, him, and bowed himself. So Samuel is dead. Where is he abiding? In Sheol. Uh, he's, he's, in the, he's in the abode of the dead. And uh, Samuel uh, uh, begins to talk to Saul. Uh, Saul says, uh, I, I need some advice. God has departed from me. The Philistines are attacking. What am I going to do? And Samuel says in verse 16, Wherefore then dost thou ask of me, seeing the Lord has departed from thee and has become thine enemy? And the Lord hath done to, to, to him as he spake by me, for the Lord hath rent his, the kingdom out of thine hand and given it to thy neighbor, even to David. Because thou obeyest not the voice of the Lord, nor executest his fierce wrath upon Amalek, therefore hath the Lord done this thing unto, this, uh, uh, unto thee this day. Uh, Moreover, the Lord will also deliver Israel with thee into the hand of the Philistines. Now watch. And tomorrow shalt thou and thy sons be with me. The Lord also shall deliver the host of Israel into the hand of the Philistines. What was Samuel saying to Saul? God's going to punish you. You're going into battle. And tomorrow you're going to be here in the grave, Sheol, not the actual tomb, with me. You're going to be in the abode of the dead with me. His spirit was there. Now, consider that. But now, you're going to, tomorrow you're going to be with me. Now, they have the battle. Uh, they, 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 they get killed in battle. Look at 1 Samuel 31.8. Remember, when did Samuel say that Saul was going to be with him? Tomorrow. They have the battle. Came to pass on the morrow. When the Philistines came to, they have now, they, Jonathan and Saul, Saul and Jonathan and his sons have been killed in battle. Battle has taken place. And it came to pass on the morrow, this is after the battle, when Saul left Samuel, he still had to go to battle yet. So now after the battle, uh, came to pass on the morrow after the battle when the Philistines came to strip the slain that they found Saul and his three sons fallen on Mount Geboa. They cut off his head and stripped off his armor and sent it into the land of the Philistines round about to publish it in the house of their idols and among the people. And they put his armor in the house of Estroth and they fastened his body to the wall of Bethshan. And when the inhabitants of Jabesh Gilead heard of that which the Philistines had done to Saul, all the valiant men arose and went all night and took the body of Saul and the bodies of his sons from the wall of, Beth of, of Bethshan and, and came to Jabesh and burned them there. And they took their bones and buried them under a tree at Jabesh and fasted seven days. So most commentators believe that it took probably at least three days after the battle for Saul's body and his son's body to get, to get to the grave. But when were they with Samuel? The next day. So they actually came to Samuel uh, 
the next day before what? They, ever, they came to the abode of the, of the dead before their bodies came to the graves. Not the same thing. Not the same thing. Uh, you'll find it again. Uh, another uh, another uh, illustration of it in, uh, with uh, uh, Jacob. Uh, remember the the, the brothers sold uh, sold their sold uh, uh, their, their the, the Jacob's sons. Their brothers sold Joseph into slavery. Remember the little trick they pulled. You know, took the took the skin and and uh, animal skin and killed it. And you know, and uh, and dipped it into blood and all that. Remember that. And then uh, Jacob had thought he'd been torn in pe- torn in pieces. And look at uh, Genesis thirty seven twenty six. <clears throat> Genesis 37. Twenty-six. <clears throat> Judah says to his brethren, What profit is if we slay our brother and conceal this blood? Come, let us sell them to the Ishmaelites. So that's what they endeavored to do. The Midianites come by in verse 28 there, and uh, 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 Reuben wants to try and save him out of the pit. In verse, they throw him into a pit. Reuben comes by to check for the pit, and he's not there in verse 29. Uh, and, uh, and the Bible says, They took Joseph's coat and killed a kid of the goats and dipped the coat in, in the blood. And they sent the coat of many colors, and they brought it to their father and said, This have we found. Know whether it be thy son's coat or no. And he knew it and said, It is my son's coat. An evil beast hath devoured him. Joseph is without doubt rent in pieces. And Jacob rent his clothes and put sackcloth upon his loins and mourned for his son many days. And all his sons and all his daughters rose up to comfort him, and he refused to be comforted, and he said, For I will go down into the grave. Where's he going? I will go down into the grave unto my son mourning. Thus his father wept for him. So Jacob knew he was going again after the dead. He says, I will go down into the grave unto my son mourning Jacob knew that he was going to see Joseph in the grave but what he had no expectation of the tomb there Jacob at that time didn't believe that Joseph had made it to the tomb he believed he was eaten by a wild beast he wasn't talking about a literal grave uh, or a cave he was talking about the, the abode of the dead. He was referring to the grave in that way. I'll go see my, I'll go down to the grave to my, my, my son mourning, and I'll see him. But it was different. And that word t- translated grave there is Sheol. It's not the actual tomb. It's not the actual grave. So there's a difference there. And, uh, and Jonah said, out of the belly of hell, cried I, Sheol. Sheol. Uh, there's so much here. I'm not going to go any, any further. I thought I would get a lot further tonight. But I hope, you, hope you're seeing the difference that, that Sheol, uh, Sheol has to do uh, with the abode of the dead. And Jonah said he cried out of the belly of Sheol. Sheol. There's, some in, there's an interesting study here. 
and uh, and uh, and and I hope that you'll be able to be here be here next week. Uh, there'll be some le lesson, lessons to learn from it, but I think it is a great illustration, you know, of uh, of the Lord's resurrection, and uh, and uh, and I think we're going to be uh, uh, interested. I, I know with me, it has uh, you know when we study the Word, it ought to it ought to answer questions, and it ought to raise questions. It ought to inspire our desire to learn more. And, uh, and I think that's what, I think that's, I know that's what this study has, has done for me. And I'm praying it will do, uh, it will do also uh, for us all. Um, Heavenly Father, I thank you uh, for, for your word tonight. And, and Lord, there's so much about, uh, about the, uh, the abode of the dead that we read in your word. And, and uh, it's, uh, it's an amazing thing. We read about uh, Hades or Hades in the New Testament. And we read about uh, uh, Gehenna. And uh, we read about um, um, the lake of fire. And we read about the deep. And uh, Father, the, all these things are associated uh, at some point or another with the abode of the dead. And Father, uh, because frankly, as people created in your image, we never die. There's only a place where our conscious self goes. The body dies and decays and is put into the ground. But our soul lives on forever somewhere. And that's why it is so important to share the gospel. That's why it is so important to turn in our hearts from our sins and believe in Jesus Christ for salvation, asking for forgiveness. Because there is a, a hell uh, and there is a heaven. Uh, there's not only a, a hell uh, uh, as there was perhaps in the Old Testament, but now, Father, there's a, uh, there's a clearer understanding of that, Father, where there's actually uh, this place of suffering we know more about, as well as the place, uh, Father, of glory and, uh, in eternity with you and the place of joy and peace and rest and hope. And I thank you for what your word teaches us about these places. And Father, for how we can lovingly uh, warn people about, uh, the he about the hell that we deserve and encourage them to trust and believe and, and ask you for the gift of heaven, Father, which we don't deserve. Uh, Father, but I thank you and I praise you for that. Help us to be faithful proclaimers of the gospel of Christ. And, uh, and Lord, uh, we'll, we'll thank you for it. And Father, we pray and ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.